Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to episode 123. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week we put together a podcast to answer a question that you wouldn't normally hear the answer for in a morning service or in a Bible study or even in Sunday school. So each week we try to examine from the Word of God an answer for you concerning a question. So this week we're going to look at a question that's pretty relevant because you may know somebody who does this or you yourself may do this. And if you were to ask why you do it, you probably wouldn't have a good answer except to say, well, I've always done that or that's the way I was taught. Well, it has to do with the issue of prayer and in And actually, it has to do with a specific prayer and whether or not we should be praying it. So we're going to look at the question, should we pray the Lord's Prayer? Should we pray the Lord's Prayer? So that's our question today. Now, here's how we're going to approach it. We're going to, first of all, focus on the abuses of the prayer. You're saying abuses? You mean there's actually a wrong way to use the prayer? Yes, there's actually a wrong way to use the prayer, and it happens often today in our Christian circles. So we're going to talk, first of all, about the abuses of the prayer, and then we're going to try to understand the prayer. We're going to look at the purpose for why the prayer was given and what we can learn from that, what we can learn from that. So let's start off, first of all, talking about the abuses the abuses of the prayer and how it's used today but in many different circles of Christianity, even in our own circle, let's kind of focus in on the abuses. First of all, many people misunderstand the purpose of the prayer. If you were to talk to people about why Jesus gave us this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as it's called, Most people really don't have a concept of its purpose. Now, some might tell you exactly why, but for the most part, most people don't know why it was given. All they know is is that they were supposed to repeat it. It becomes part of a ritual and so forth, which kind of brings up my next two points here as to how it's being used and how it's an abuse. So, first of all, many people see it as a prayer to be recited word for word. So, typically, if you're in an ecumenical service or any kind of service, maybe in a mainline church or in a more traditional liturgical church and so forth, at some point in the service, and this is even true, I've known of some Baptist churches that will use this along with the Apostles' Creed, they will recite the Lord's Prayer word for word as it is a prayer to be uttered by believers. 
And typically, most people will recite the prayer. They'll know the prayer word for word. But then when you ask them, what are they praying? They don't know what they just said. It's just a mindless repetition that doesn't connect with the person's heart or mind. So many people just see it as a prayer to be recited word for word. Now, here's where there's a second abuse here that's actually pretty bad and it's that many people see it as a magic formula to manipulate God. So if you're really needing something from God and you want to get his attention, you would pray this prayer. You would recite this prayer word for word as if you're doing your religious duty to get the attention of God so that you can manipulate him into doing what you want him to do, into blessing you. We see that often with prayers in the scripture. I think of another prayer. We're not going to talk about it today, but I'll just mention it. It's the prayer of Jabez, which comes from Chronicles, First Chronicles. And, and the reality is, is that that prayer was often recited by people in order to manipulate God to bless them or increase their territory, so to speak, as a way of getting them more of what they wanted. But that was not even the purpose of that prayer. All prayers in the scripture have a purpose. They're not to be used to manipulate God. And so many people see it as a ma magical formula to manipulate God. Now, here's the problem, okay? Here's the problem with folks using and abusing the Lord's Prayer. They often do not realize that the Bible has two versions of the prayer. Typically, when you hear somebody reciting the Lord's Prayer, they will recite the prayer from the Gospel of Matthew. But the reality is, is that the prayer is given in two Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. Well, listen to them, and you can see that they are similar, but yet they're different. Listen to what Matthew writes. Quoting the Lord Jesus, he says in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now that is the one that most people recite, the one from Matthew. Listen to Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. Again, Luke is recording the words of Jesus. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. 
For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, you notice there is a slight variation of Matthew's prayer, where he records the words of Jesus, and he leaves out that last portion, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, you're saying, George, What's significant about that? Well, most people, if they're using it as a magic formula or if they see it as something that must be recited word for word, they don't usually understand that the Bible has two versions because typically they're, uh, can I say it, not sure of what the scripture says in general concerning the prayer. And so by having two different versions it kind of tells you that this is not something to be recited or to be used as a magical formula to get God to do what you want him to do. So that brings us to our final section here where we talk about understanding the prayer. Understanding the prayer. And I just want to point out five things for you. Okay? Five things. First of all, it was given for the purpose of instruction. Jesus didn't give us this prayer for us to recite mindlessly or to manipulate God with. Rather, he gave this for a specific reason. And we see that in Luke's gospel in the very first verse of chapter 11. Notice what Luke records. Now, it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. That's when you go on to verse 2, and he says, and he said to them, when you pray, say. See, it was given for the purpose of instruction. So you can kind of see what's going on here. The disciples who were always with Jesus knew Jesus to be a man of prayer and saw him always praying. And so like the disciples of John, they're seeking spiritual guidance from Jesus and they want to know, Jesus, can you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray? And so Jesus is responding by giving them this prayer as a point of instruction, as a point of instruction. So it was given for the purpose of instruction. Here's the second thing I want you to notice as far as understanding the prayer. It was not given to be vainly recited. It was not given to be vainly recited. How can you say that, George? Well, when you look at the Gospel of Matthew, again, Sermon on the Mount, verses 9 through 13 of chapter 6 is Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. But if you just go two verses up to verse 7, listen to what Jesus says, okay? He tells his listeners that day, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. So here, 
Jesus is pointing out that when you pray, just don't go vainly reciting things over and over and over again, because that's not how you're going to be heard. And he goes on in verse 9, just two verses later, and he says to them, in this manner, therefore, pray. And he gives them the Lord's prayer. So it wasn't given to be vainly recited. So that's not the purpose, okay? It's not the purpose. What's the purpose then, George? Well, we see it in the beginning of each one of the prayers. If you look at verse 9, he says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Okay, notice he uses the word manner. In this way, pray. He didn't say pray this exactly word for word. And notice when we come to Luke, he says, again, responding, when you pray, this is what you say, all right? It's a model. So that brings me to my third point here. It is a model for what our prayers should look like. What Jesus is doing here is he's presenting to us areas of petition concerning how we should be praying. So when you break down the prayer, you notice several things. For instance, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's worship. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's submission to God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Here's one. Give us this day our daily bread. That's asking for God's provision. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. That's the issue of forgiveness. Seeking forgiveness and asking to help you in forgiving others. And then lead us not into temptation. That's asking God not to lead you into temptation to sin. But deliver us from the evil one. That's protection. So what you see here is a model of prayer. Now, having said that, my fourth point is, is you can pray the prayer word for word. It's okay to pray the prayer word for word. In fact, I have done that occasionally, like when I'm walking, I will pray the prayer word for word because I feel the prayer best reflects what I want to say to the Lord at that moment. That's different than vainly repeating it. That is, my mind and heart are engaged in talking with the Lord, and I'm praying back to him the scripture, praying back to him the scripture. So that brings me to my final point that I want to make as far as understanding the prayer. The issue in prayer is your heart. That's the issue. It's what is your heart when you pray? Is it engaged with God? Is it expressing to him the loving faith and trust that it should have? Or is it mindless? The issue is your heart. Now, should we pray the Lord's Prayer? You can. But I would probably encourage you to use it more as a model of how you should be praying in general rather than specifically using the prayer vainly. And I would say, if you're trying to manipulate God with it, it's not going to happen. God sees right through 
what you are doing. In fact, the warning from James is, chapter 4, verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. God is not manipulated, folks, by the prayers we use. Something to think about. Finding Clarity Podcast is really just an opportunity to answer questions that you might be wrestling with or others might be wrestling with. And you say, George, well, how do, we, how do I get these questions to you, especially in this time of social isolation that we're experiencing with, with the COVID-19 crisis? Well, there are several ways that you can get your question to us. First of all, you can always call the church here. Uh, you can call us at 814-236-1622. Just leave a message and say, hey, George, I got a question. Can you get this answered for me? You can also contact us through our church webpage, kerwinsvillechristian.org. You'll see a contact page there. We encourage you to use the form on the contact page to get the question to us. Or you can go to facebook.com slash Podcast. We encourage you to like the page, but also to write on the wall there or direct message us your question, and we'll see about answering it here on the podcast. Next week, we're going to talk about another question that kind of is reflective of the times that we are in right now. And it has to do, again, with this whole issue of prayer and our relationship with him, especially when things are difficult. And so here is the question we're going to wrestle with next week. Why are there times when finding God is so difficult? Why are there times when finding God is so difficult? I hope you listen next week as we wrestle with this question. Until then, take care.